We'll begin the evening session with some chanting using the dedication, then the recollection of the Buddha, recollection of the Dhamma, recollection of the Sangha. You know, basic um, form of it is somewhat uh, of an evocation, like painting. Be painting an image in sound, painting an image in voice, painting an image in the heart. So it's slightly different from the kind of matter of fact, you know, you know, this is, this is, this is, this is a kind of heart quality as such. Uh, it's important to just kind of, kind of get into that feel of it. Um, and so, you know, you sort of fundamentally getting the sense of the awakening, wise, awakened, compassionate, that value and somebody who's embodying that value. Mm. Dhamma, reliable, truthful, immediate, directly knowable in yourself, leading onwards, leading out of the jungle, tangle. Sangha, admirable people who practice make commitments, who resolve, who, you know, struggle, who get some realization through through practicing Dhamma. These are fundamental, you know, resonances um, to, um, to turn towards and to direct oneself towards. So, you know, you know, if anybody's worthy of respect, you recognize this person, whoever he was, you know, who kind of generated this whole thing, this amazing detailed and long-lasting and, uh, you know, teaching for 45 years pretty much non-stop. on his deathbed, lying on his deathbed with, you know, colic and diarrhea and dysentery saying, has anybody got any questions? <laughs> I mean, he wasn't holding back, really. So you, you sort of, well, great respect, you know. And he wasn't just blathering. Clearly, he seemed to have some very deep and intricate and in-depth insights that he was trying to bring forth with his teachings. Yeah, it's good to remember that. A sense of gratitude. And, you know, we still, we've kind of had to work the language and the forms to, you know, this is 2,500 years ago. So, wherever we had to massage the language and the forms to, to fit where we were at, it can fit. You know, basic teaching can fit. And that's pretty impressive, really, to have, and very, don't see anything that's of such, you know, detailed study of the way that, you know, the heart, mind, body works and, uh, and gets out of its, of its tangle and its stress. Yeah, so, it's good to respect this because you know, we feel a sense of gratitude and in- inclusion. Heart is an inclusive medium, so when you really connect to Buddha with gratitude and appreciation, and something you feel, yeah, I, I definitely, this is my man, this is my leader, yeah. I'm feeling of, you know, it's not just something talking down at you, it's just someone right there for me, yeah, you know and through the stress and the confusions of our lives. And in this, obviously, we have these images, 
which came rather later in Buddhist history. The Buddha himself didn't didn't seem to want any images. And the early images, as you probably know, weren't of a human body at all. They were just of a space under a tree or a wheel or a pair of footprints, stylized footprints, to get the sense of something that, you know, you can get into this and walk your talk, as it were. And no, no person. And then about three or four hundred years later, somebody thought they'd create some images. Um, so something you can actually hold, see, hold and you know, work and kind of activate towards. So it wasn't just an idea in your mind. Of course, once you get an image, then you benefit and also you lose. You know, because something that was purely internal becomes external. You can say, well, he's a funny looking fellow. Um, you know, do I really, and then it's a man and all this kind of stuff. And, and then it's kind of like, and it's sort of, yeah, you've got something, once you've solidified into it, then you see the problems it, it causes. Uh, you can't quite relate to this strange figurines, or they become uh, antiquarian or Asian or something. And really, Buddha is something, you know, timeless. It's not even a term he used for himself. So it's really the very word Buddha, Buddhism, is, is rather later. Tathagata was the way he referred to that particular realization experience that he was living in. Not really a person at all. Um, so, yeah, this is not really about person worship. This is about, you know, a realization form. Mm. Which, you know, is an interesting idea, but a realization form. What's a body anyway? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, yeah, there's some kind of realization form that, from which, you know, actions and speech could occur out of compassion. Okay, well, you know, uh, and in his teaching, as you see in the recollections of it, recollection is to bring to mind, what is this teaching? Is it the Four Noble Truths? Is it the Four Foundations of Mindfulness? Is it the Seven Factors? No, none of them. (laughs) You see the description of it. Dhamma, Sanditiko, directly realized, realized in the in the presence, in the directness of experience. And part of our practice is to get to the directness through all the veils and the interpretations that our minds make. Yeah, Kaliko, not about time, timeless domain. It's important to recognize because. Um, as I said, the inner dimension doesn't operate in terms of time. You know, and you probably realize you can be having stuff happening in your, in your heart that you think this is from 15 years ago. You know, uh, and who knows, but it, what it means is this piece of karma has not been resolved yet. So, Jitter doesn't move in terms of time, it moves in terms of 
realization or obstacle that's how it moves on otherwise you're just going through the same thing again and again and again you're stuck in it so I can't let go so don't think in terms of future don't even aim for a future don't aim to get into some future state this is the wrong trajectory deal with the presently arising difficulty or those wonderful intuitions where there's some openness and what's that hmm that's where you and you realize it's not going through pushing forward or hanging back it's through opening into the present hey pasiko it means he invites you come and see look into this yeah be inquiring be curious be curious keep that sense of stay curious stay inquiring don't start to create knowledge structures that obstruct your freshness so in this way we remain after 20 years of practice you're still first time first time curious interested hmm you know we never aim to know it all we aim to stay fresh it keeps the mind keen hmm able to wonder joyful curious mm. you know and that's a practice because I don't know about you but sometimes you know you've heard you've heard this stuff going on and you're kind of like I've heard this person in my head talking to me and I've been nice to them I've been patient with them you know and I've I really like them just to shut up go away <laughs> yeah. oh, that's interesting what's that these reactions of aversion and impatience mm. that solidify our problems are you curious me who is this speaking who is this voice how do you feel about that one Hmm. Do you have to get into reaction? Opanaiko has relevance. It's furthering. No, it's not just adding to the labyrinth of ideas, but furthers ones in terms of something has been finished, resolved. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's that's what we were looking for Pachitang mm. means authentic mm. authentic and this is quite a profound practice because we get you know you can get realization and you get actualization slightly different things realization actualization realization you get an insight actualizing means you're able to incorporate that into your actuality of how you operate right so you make it a realization of you know love is the way or something and then you know over breakfast love is no longer the way because <laughs> <laughs> this person in front of me is taking so long to choose their food it's just 
what's wrong with her? <laughs> so actualizing is it's kind of you know you have to kind of sense the frustrations that you the act happen to the so-called person. You know, and we were pretty much anatta when we were being left alone. There was a lot of anatta going. <laughs> you know, my anatta was so big, I was making something out of it. But then, then I come out, my anatta sort of went a bit strange. So, can you actually, you know, carry some of these realizations into here and now actuality? That's pachatang, right? And that's why it's kind of, you know, same people have the same realization. And yet, he's distinctly different from him, you know, in the way he actualizes it. Yeah. So that makes it kind of really kind of quite colorful and interesting. Vidyapu, we knew he means that which is understood or realized or touched into or seen, revealed through vinyu. Vinyu seeing, or for vinyu is an interesting word because it's associated with nya sound means knowing and knowingness. So it's a realization. So he's a, you know, it's touched into, it's, it's felt, vididapo, it's felt through knowingness. Uh, and so this language, the Pali language, often, you know, it's Knowing is associated more with feeling than thinking. Mm-hmm. So Vedana, right? Feeling, tone. Vedidapo, mm-hmm. which is sensed. So it's not, though it's not exactly the same, what it's referring to isn't something, an idea, it's a, because feeling is the direct experience. Thinking is what we can derive from that. That's secondary, right? What you immediately get is the the felt experience, the touched experience, and then you know, oh, that's that. Okay, then you get the ability to maybe wrap some concept around it. First thing is you touch it, touches you. you know? so that that means we've got to in some ways, you know, erase. The, the the boundary or the layer of mind that uh, holds us holds the heart back from direct experience and uh, looking at conceiving or figuring out thinking the secondary experience we think about we conceive we imagine we wish secondary you know naturally you have to work with this but you're aiming to get into the really just the openness that is touched you know, this is you know certainly to begin to cultivate in such a way that one is available for truth to to arrive you're just opening the door and that takes some doing uh, softening become more available so these are things we I suggest you can form your own interpretations of these. But so well, this is Dhamma. Yeah. So things like four foundations, four establishments of mindfulness, indriyas, enlightenment factors. All these are these are Dhamma tools. 
aren't they? They're tools towards that, to help that process arrive. Yeah, They're tools to help the clearing away so the Dhamma can arrive. And when you look at it, actually, look at that presentation of Dharma, you think, wow, you know, it's like this is so... This is pretty universal. It's not. This is Theravada, Zen, Mahayana, Sufi. It doesn't really matters anymore, because <laughs> you're dealing with the immediate impression of the human heart actually realizing, and then these other things are just tools towards that. So that gives a lovely um, uh, feeling to it, a sense of that. And then the Sangha. As you can see, the various, they're all associated with the word patipano, ujupatipano, samiti patipano, patipano. Um, pati means thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Patipano. And it's associated with, um, you know, thoroughly completed. Or in that sense of panno is, uh, sense of completion. So su, means uh, good or fortunate or skillful or well happy um, supatipano ujupatipano means direct you know no deviations a sense of direct nyaya with knowingness samichi appropriate or balanced integrity so balanced and these again you can take some of these concepts you know that that we translate in slightly different ways but this is a reasonable translation and you know what does that that feel like you know if you are into that mode of seeing yourself in the lineage of practitioners these are the things you align yourself towards so chanting any of these even one of these terms or notions or metaphors or things that are just evoked or any of your own, you can just bring it up and dwell in it. All of it's worthy of respect. All of it's worthy of, of this is, you know, considering, you know, the human, human field of human engagement. This is pretty much right up there near the top of it, isn't it? Bear with what's going on by and large. So you can feel when we enter into that, we praise, and in some ways our heart arrives at those particular places because we crystallize them, dwell upon them, and enter into what they're talking about. So this is the, the language, and then we use the body. This is, this is embodiment teaching, so the chanting is an embodied experience. The body has to bring it up, the breath brings it up. Yeah, we, we share it. We enter into it together, and then you're using your body also to express this sense of, you know, respect, deference, you know, towards that which we venerate. Okay.